0: Take your Bibles, if you would, Acts chapter number 20, Acts chapter number 20. As we were singing that song, I could not help but think about many in this auditorium tonight, and you might have been in a season before. In that season, you might have been thinking, you know what, I just want to stop. As you come to the life of Paul, you find that Paul was an individual whose life truly was transformed and changed in a very powerful way. Paul was one who at one point in his life was ridiculing and, 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 and destroying the church and, and persecuting the church and persecuting Christians. And then all of a sudden his life has completely changed and now he is trying to win people to the Lord. And as you come to Acts chapter number 20, one of the the, the many famous verses that are found in all of Scripture, you come to one that I pray will be a help to each and every single one of us tonight. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 24. We're going to back up here in a few moments and get a little bit of a foundation laid leading up to this one verse. The Bible says in verse number 24, but none of these things move me. And neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Verse number 24, one more time at the very beginning says, But none of these things move me. There was a man who was stopping in a hotel and he was about to preach a meeting. He was stopping in this this random uh, city. He had been invited to to preach a, a revival meeting, and as he stopped in, there was a, a hotel manager at the hotel that he was staying at that came up to him. He said, "Preacher, would you mind praying with my entire staff?" The preacher said, "No, I would I would I would love to pray with your entire staff. Go gather all of them, bring them to the foyer, and we will pray together." And the hotel manager goes, and he rounds up all of the, the uh, workers for this hotel, and they all gather in the, the foyer, and the, the preacher looks at the hotel manager and says, is this all of them? He says, yes, this is all of the employees. The preacher looks at him and says, there is not a soul that is left that is working. This is all of your employees. He said, well, there is one girl, but she doesn't matter. She's in the back. She's doing some things. She, you can go ahead and begin to pray. The preacher looked at that that man and said, no, I want you to go and get that little girl. Bring her to this prayer meeting. We're going to spend some time in prayer. The preacher is waiting. The little girl comes, and as she is making her way, he begins to pray. After all of this, he, he calls the young lady to himself. He says, hey, young lady, you come here. The preacher's standing there. He's getting a little background on this young lady and asking her some questions, and he he begins to talk to her, and as he begins to talk to her, he, he says, I want you for the next little while to pray a prayer. He said, I don't know when I will be back, but I want you to pray this prayer, and if we, our paths cross again, then we can talk. He said, this is the prayer. It's very short, not hard to pray. He says, I want you to pray these words, Lord, show me myself. The little girl looks at him and says, I will pray that prayer. The preacher goes, he preaches the meeting, stays in the hotel, leaves town, comes back a couple of months to a year later. As he comes back, he stays in the same hotel and he is talking to the hotel manager. He says, hey, there was a young girl that was on staff at the time that I came last time and I prayed with her and began to talk with her. Is she still working here? He said, yes, she's still working. He says, how is she? The manager said, oh, she's useless to us. All she does is she weeps and she cries and she, she, she can't t- stop talking about how, how bad she is and all these things. She's become an annoyance to us and that's all she does all the time. The preacher said, would you go get her for me? The little girl comes and as she is a young lady walking to the preacher, she recognizes the preacher and tears begin to come down her eyes and she begins to talk to him and he asks her the question. He says, have you been praying that prayer? She said, oh, I have, and the Lord has shown me how just wicked and vile that I am. I'm not worthy of anything. He's shown me how, how bad I am in all of these things. He says, good. I'm glad he's revealed that to you. He says, I want you to now pray another prayer. The, the, the prayer that you have been praying is, Lord, show me myself. He says, now I want you to pray these words. Same prayer, except we're gonna swap out a word. He said, instead of praying, Lord, show me myself, I want you to pray these words, Lord, Show me thyself. The preacher goes on to go and preach another meeting, and years go by. This young girl is now a young lady, and he is preaching a revival meeting, and the young lady is at this meeting. The preacher is older in years, and he gets done preaching. The young girl walks up to him, and she shakes his hand, and she says, you don't know who I am, do you? He says, I do apologize. I come in contact with a lot of people. I don't recognize you. I'm sorry. She says, I was a little girl whenever I first met you, and you told me to pray a prayer. Lord, show me myself. And boy, did he. Oh, I'm wicked, vile, unworthy. And she said, "You, you stopped in again and said to pray the prayer. Lord, show me thyself. And man, did he. I began to realize just how wonderful he was. And as I began to pray that prayer, the Lord through the word of God and through prayer began to reveal himself to me. And I ended up getting saved and the Lord has forever changed my life. And I just wanted to come to you and tell you, preacher, that I I appreciate you and thank you for making me and asking me to pray, Lord, show me myself because if I would have never seen who I was, then I would have never seen just how wonderful he is. That little girl's life was forever changed because she said, I needed to see who I was and ask the Lord to show me who he was. Can I ask you tonight, as we come to this portion of scripture, you're looking at a man who began to acknowledge who he was, and it was only until he saw who he was, then he saw who the Lord was, that his life was completely changed. And as you come to the life of Paul, you see a man who is making this statement, none of these things move me. Now look, Paul was one, Paul was not a sissy. Let me just say it that way. Paul was not one who who got offended very easily. As a matter of fact, he was accused of many things. And while he was accused, he said, hold up for just a moment. The only ministry that I have is that I wanna preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't care about the offerings. I don't care about being fed. I don't care about having somewhere to stay. I just want to preach Jesus. That was his entire goal. That was his aim. That is the only thing that he cared about. And it's because of this one reason. Paul saw who he was, and then he saw who Jesus was. Can I share with you tonight, many of us this evening, as we were singing that song a few minutes ago, if I'm being honest, we've been there. We want to give up. We want to quit. We want to say, Lord, it's too hard. Lord, it's been a difficult time. But as you begin to acknowledge who the Lord Jesus Christ is, and as you begin to get into this precious book right here, you find out how wonderful he is. You utter the same words that Paul uttered, none of these things move me. I want you to see three things in this passage of Scripture this evening that I pray will be a help to you. Notice with me, if you would, as we back up for just a few moments, look with me in verse number 19. The Bible says, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things which that, that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Verse number 24, none of these things move. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice with me three things this evening and we'll be done. As you begin to walk through this passage of scripture, you see some things that are very encouraging. The first one is this, that Paul was bound. Paul was bound. There's a man in our church right this very moment, as you begin to think about the times in which we are living in right this very moment, we can all acknowledge tonight that times are changing. People are changing, situations are changing, circumstances are changing, but I'm thankful that we go to the word of God we find some truths in this book that help us to understand that the same God that we read about here is the same God that we get to worship today, that he doesn't change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that is the Savior that we get to worship tonight. He is an amazing Savior, and he does not change. Times will change. Circumstances will change. Problems will arise and change. But Jesus never does. You can count on him. You never have to worry about those things. And there is a man in our church right this very moment that if I were to bring him with me, you would begin to ask him questions and he would begin to share just how wicked that he was in the lifestyle that he was living. He was a contractor in the, the state of Missouri. And he had uh, many times whenever he was voted contractor of the year in a certain region of that city or that, that state and The Lord was using him in his local church and he was plugged in, him and his wife. They had gotten saved later on in life and they had a a good living. They had a good situation. But one of the things that he understood was that he wanted to do what the Lord wanted him to do. He came to a hard decision. His son is in the military and his son was put on orders to Fort Campbell. And as his son came, him, his wife, and his three kids were all stationed in Fort Campbell for a season. His grandkids reached out to him one time and said, granddad and and grandma, we want you to move to Fort Campbell, to Clarksville, to this area, because we want you to take us to church. Now, I want you to understand for, for just a moment, this man had his own business. This man was building houses, had comfortable living, had his own house that he had already built, and he had the business up and running. He had no concern, no worries, nothing that he had to think about. He had it made. He he was serving in a good church. He was doing all of those many things, and he, he had come to a, a decision that he needed to pray about whether he was going to move from all of this because his grandchildren said, hey, we need you to take us to church. His son and daughter-in-law are not in church. And so he began to pray about this. Him and his wife made the decision that they really believed the Lord was leading them to Clarksville, Tennessee. Now, look, I, I don't know about you, But I believe that as we look back on our lives, we can see the hand of God working in many situations years before we ever see it take place. And this man is the same man who the Lord has used in our local church to head up everything that has taken place on our property. God has been using him in our local church. But as I back up for just a moment, this man had surrendered some things and was committed to serving the Lord and doing whatever he saw the Lord wanted him to do. And so he moved to Clarksville, Tennessee. I'm sure there were people that looked at him and said, man, you're crazy. You're selling your business. What are you gonna do? He said, ah, we'll find work. He sold his business in Missouri. Moved to Clarksville, Tennessee, did not have a job, started working side jobs, ended up getting a job, and he was just plugging into the church. He was being faithful to those many things. As he came to church one night, (coughs) his grandchildren began to come to church with him, and at a youth meeting, his grandson came to a youth rally that was taking place at our church. His grandson sitting in that youth rally went and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. A couple of weeks later, his other grandson began to ask questions, and his other grandson also accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. And with tears in that man's eyes, he began to share a testimony. With tears in his eyes, he said, hey, I wouldn't trade this moment right here for all the money that was left in Missouri for the job that was left in Missouri, for all of the things that were taking place. as He began to share that testimony. I couldn't help but think of this passage of scripture as Paul is saying, none of these things move me. Hey, hey, Brother Cyrus, you don't have a job right now. That's fine, my two grandsons just got saved. Brother Cyrus, you don't have the money to do all of the things that you were doing. That doesn't matter, I'm able to serve the Lord with my grandson and with my wife and I'm able to see my grandchildren come to know the Lord. We see in this passage of scripture that Paul was one that was bound to some things. Well, what was he bound to? bound to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, there are some things right at this very moment within our lives that we are bound to. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 22. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit. This is an understanding. This is in passive, t- passive tense right here. This is a, an understanding that the Holy Spirit was doing a work in Paul's life that he could not help but do these things. This morning in Acts we were looking at some things with the young people in the Sunday school hour. and As you begin to go and you look at the early pastor's scripture in Acts chapter number four, you come to Peter and John being uh, put in a situation where they're being addressed and there's a group of people who come to them and they say, you cannot teach and preach Jesus Christ anymore. It's all the boldness a couple of verses before that. Peter and John receive those news and they say this, we cannot help of the things that we have seen and heard. Can I summarize it to you for just a moment? None of these things move. Say what you want, it doesn't matter. Do what you want, it doesn't matter because none of these things move. As you go and you look at the life of Paul, Paul was one who was bound to witness. In the Bible, it tells us in Acts chapter number 17, verse number 16, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw that the city wholly given to idolatry. 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, verse number 16. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. You see, Paul, his life and his circumstances weren't always pleasant, if you were to say it that way. For just a moment, go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians. I want you to see these things. In 2 Corinthians, you come to a portion of scripture where Paul begins to to share some insight into some of the things that he faced because sometimes if we're not careful, we get this idea within the Christian life that we have it so much harder and that is why we can't serve the Lord any longer. That is why we can't do these things. Notice what Paul went through and some of the things that he was facing in 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Verse number 25, the Bible tells us this concerning Paul. Thrice was I beaten with rods. We'd stop right there. Hold up, I'm getting beaten? No, I tap out, I'm done. I'm not going any, I said none of these things move me. Being beaten, that moves me, I'm done. And that's where we'd stop. The Bible goes on, he says in verse number 25, thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned. Hey, if, if a beating isn't gonna make you stop, Sure enough, stones being thrown at you will make you stop. Just the other day, we were outside, and my son loves to play outside. And you know, kids, sometimes kids, they just do things they don't really mean to, but they just, you know, they'll, they'll flail, they'll throw things, not paying any attention. And just the other day, we were outside, and he was practicing baseball, and as he was, he was swinging, well, he just slung that bat. He wasn't even paying attention. I mean, it, it cracked me right in the leg. And I was thinking, dude... Ooh you, ooh, you know? You know what I'm talking about, it, especially when it hits the shin, and you're thinking, hmm, you know? I mean, if, if being ben ain't going to get you, stone will get you. I'm done. But in verse number 25, notice what he goes on to say everything. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I have been in the deep journeyings often in perils of waters and perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils by the heathen and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils in the sea and perils among false brethren in weariness and painfulness and watchings often in hunger and thirst and fastings often in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without me, that which cometh upon me daily care of all the churches. No, I mean, think about Paul for just a moment. I mean, he, it wasn't like Paul was just, you know, facing a little bit of ridicule here and there. Now beaten, shipwrecks, stonings, left for dead. I mean, he's going through all of these things, but he understood one thing. I've got to tell somebody about Jesus. You go to the book of Philippians. One of The, uh, one, uh, the Philippians is one of my favorite books of the Bible to, to preach through and to study. I love the message that is found in in, in Philippians that it doesn't matter what your circumstances are because when you get your eyes off of your circumstance, you get your eyes on Christ, you'll find that you can find joy in whatever season of life you're in. It doesn't matter where you're at, what you're going through as you look at Jesus and keep your eyes fixed on him, you'll always find that there's joy in Jesus. And Paul emphasizes that he's going through some things. I I can assure you tonight that the prison that Paul found himself was not a pleasant place. It probably reeked, and it was nasty, and it was cold, and all of those things. But Paul says, hey, don't worry about me. The gospel is still advancing. I've got joy in Jesus. That's the only thing that I have to worry about. Paul was bound in understanding that the gospel has to be preached. Not only was he bound, but number two, we see this, Paul was burdened. Paul was burdened. As you go and you look at this passage of Scripture, notice what he says in verse number 19. In verse number 19, he says, serving the Lord with all humility of mine and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and have taught you publicly from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. You begin to think about Paul for just a moment. Paul was one, as you go and you study his life, he was burdened for people. He had a burden for souls. There was a man who I recently, a couple of years ago, had come and he began to, to preach a missions day for us. And as he was preaching, the Lord was using him. I knew the Lord was going to use him, but his name is Jerry Silas. Some of you might not know Brother Jerry Siler, but the Lord has used him in many, many people's lives. And I remember as he got up and as he was just talking about people, tears swelling up in his eyes because he had a burden for people, for souls. I remember hearing a story of him. There was a preacher's meeting that was taking place out in Texas. And there were some teenage boys outside of a, a burger joint, and they were eating there, a bunch of preachers. They walk outside, and there are two teenage boys that are fighting each other in the midst of a, an entire group of young men. Brother Siler walks up in the midst of that group right there, and he begins to, to pull the two that were, were fighting, and he, pull, he gets right up in him. He's not a tall guy. He's, he's probably you know stands right about right here. Small, small guy in stature compared to these teenage boys, and he walks right up amongst them, and he says, boys, boys, hold up just a minute. And all of a sudden, he begins to talk to these young men. At the end of that entire situation, I was told that as that, that, that all unfolded right there, that all of the young men that were standing right there, that the two that were standing right in the middle of it began to weep and hugged each other because of what he was talking to them about, the change that Jesus could make in their life. He had a burden for souls. Can I ask you this question? What was the last time you had a burden to tell someone about Jesus? When was the last time that you said, you know what, I will talk about the sports, I'll talk about news, I'll, I'll talk about all of these things, but I have to tell someone about Jesus. I've got to. Paul was one who understood the importance of this. Notice that Paul was one who did it in public. Notice what he says in verse number 19. Serve the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by the lying and weight of the Jews and how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you but have showed you and taught you publicly from house to house. He was one who you see this publicly taking place. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter number 11. Verse number 28, beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Acts 18, five, and when Silas and Timotheus were come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. Our greatest example in scripture, Jesus Christ himself. The Bible says in Matthew chapter nine, verse number 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. A couple of years ago, the Lord, I say a couple of years ago, many years ago, before the church actually voted on Kelly and I to step in and be the second pastor of Gateway Baptist Church, we shared a vision for the future, if you would. Some things that we wanted to see the Lord do if it was his will, and, and we've been able to see some of those things taking place, and one of those is that we wanted to start a youth Recently, we started a generation to generation youth conference, and I love young people. I love speaking to young people. I love hanging out with young people. I just love, you know, I love being around them. The energy that they bring, the excitement, the, the, the cluelessness sometimes. I mean, they, they just have a good time. I love having a good time with young people. But one of the sweetest things that I have seen is when there's a, the preaching of the word of God taking place in a youth meeting. And all of a sudden, You see an entire auditorium of young people flood and hit the altars and find themselves on their face pleading with the Lord. Youth groups praying together. Parents pulling their young people together and praying and saying, Lord, do a work. We're surrendering all of these many things to you. And we have taken pictures at these youth conferences. And I go back occasionally and I'll watch and I'll see what God did in those meetings as young people hit the altar. I'll tell you, one of the biggest burdens that I have in our nation right this very moment, I see many people who have this same burden is for this generation that is sitting right here. The next generation that is up and coming because they need to see that, hey, there's there's something to giving your life to the Lord and serving him and not being moved by all of these things of the world. Paul was burdened and he, he began to express that burden publicly to these people, but he goes on and begins to reveal not only publicly did he do these things, but also privately you go and you study Philippians chapter number one, Paul begins to reveal that his burden, though he did publicly minister to people, he also privately prayed for people as well. Getting on his knees, weeping. Paul got a burden for souls, and as he got a burden for souls, the Lord began to reveal that, hey, there is something to just telling people who I am. Can I share with you tonight that every single one of us that are in this auditorium, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, then you have the greatest message that has ever been told to share. It's your testimony of how Jesus Christ changed your life. I'm thankful as a 16-year-old young man, I went to teen camp. And I was playing games with God. I had the youth group full, I had my parents fooled. I had people in the church full, But I knew every single time I laid my head on that pillow that I was going to hell. I was terrified of it. Many days were wasted praying, Lord, please give me one more day. My pride was eating me up. And while in a teen youth camp, I remember Brother Kenny Baldwin, he wasn't even preaching yet, but if you've ever heard him preach, you know that he's preaching at all times, even when he's just talking. And I remember he was just sharing some things. He said, I'd rather go through the motions of being saved twice than reality of going to hell once. I mean, it it hit me right in the heart. And you know this exact feeling. You're waiting for the preaching to get done because you just want to find yourself the altar right then and there. And I remember that night on July 15, 2009, I accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and it changed my life forever. I went to the right side of the entire building and began to pray and my wife and Brother Troy's Pawpaw led me to the Lord that night. Can I share with you, the very first couple of times, Brother Troy and I, we would joke about it because after we accepted the call to preach, uh, his dad would let us preach every once in a while, and the very first seven or eight messages that I preached was just my testimony. Brother Brown would say, hey, you guys wanna preach? And Troy would look at me and say, hey, you preaching your testimony tonight? (laughs) Maybe, all right? You just find something for you to preach. I'll worry about me, you know? I didn't know what to, to say except for Jesus has changed my life. And I want to see that same change taking place in other people's lives. There's something to this, this understanding that Jesus truly is the answer to all things in this world. Some of you walk through the doors of the church and you're hurting so bad. Can I share with you, stop trying to carry that burden yourself and give it to Jesus. Some of you walk through the doors and you're trying to seek answers and you have questions and you're trying to find direction and you're trying to do it yourself. Just give it to Jesus. He's the answer to all things. Paul understood this, and as he goes into people's houses and he goes into these cities, he sees broken people. He sees idolatry. He sees hurting people, and he says, you need to see and meet the Jesus that changed my life. He got a burden for people, but finally we see that he was broken. Notice the Bible says in verse number 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. You see, Paul wasn't moved by circumstances. The circumstances were very rarely pleasant. Paul wasn't moved by critics. You see, if you're, if you're, if you're living your life to please man, can I, can I just share this with you? You never will. One day they'll be happy with you. The next day they'll be mad at you. Live your life to please the one that truly matters. His name is Jesus. You see, circumstances didn't move Paul. Critics didn't move Paul. As you go and you look in scripture, you'll find that Christ moved Paul. The change in renewed mind moved Paul. The change in his life moved Paul. The commitment that he had committed to the Lord moved Paul. And he says, But none of these things move me. Paul, you're going to be beaten. That doesn't move me. Paul, you're going to be shipwrecked. That doesn't move me. Paul, you're going to be stoned and thrown in prison. It doesn't matter. That doesn't move me. Why? Because I don't count my life dear unto myself. It's all about him. As you go and you look at the life of Paul in the book of Philippians, chapter number three, he says this circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, and Hebrew of Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is in the law of blameness. But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless. And I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Paul said, hey, huh? there was ever a sinner, it was me. The things that I'm able to do now, it's not about me. It's all about Christ. He was bound to some things. He was burdened for some people and he was broken. He didn't didn't have anything to gain with his his own life. He, as a matter of fact, says this, I die daily. Paul understood this, that a dead man can't speak. A dead man can't get mad. A dead man can't fuss. A dead man can't argue. And so as every single day, I believe, Paul's life, he began to die daily and he said, Lord, I lay this day on the altar, it's yours. You use me the way you see fit. Paul didn't wake up arguing about the, the journey that the Lord was about to send him. Lord, I don't want to go. No, 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 I'm dead. I'll die daily. Lord, I don't want to be shipwrecked. I don't want to go. Through. No, he died daily. Can I ask you this question tonight? What moves you? What moves you? What motivates you? Why is it so important that you keep serving the Lord and moving forward? The Lord is the main reason. We understand that. But as I go back in the book of Nehemiah, I ask myself sometimes, how can I keep going on? This last year was one of the the, the greatest blessings and hardest years all in the same time. I remember it came to the summer and Kelly and I had to have some hard conversations about moving forward. Because you know this to be true, when God is doing a work, Satan's trying to discourage in that work. And I remember us just sitting down and we were being honest and uh, we were talking about some things and we finally came to the conclusion that he's worthy. We've got to go. Those two little boys, that little boy and that little girl that's asleep in my wife's arms. We'll, we'll deal with that later. We'll, we'll let her know she's supposed to be taking notes and let me know, if I, you know how the preaching was. I've got to keep going. They need to see daddy being faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't need to wake up one day and say, man, why is their daddy faithful to serving the Lord and my daddy's not. Why is their mama still serving the Lord and my mama's not? Why, 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 why are they still in church and we're not? Why, why do they get to see the blessings of God and we're, we're over here doing this? I, what, what, what went wrong? None of these things move me. What would it take to move you? What would it take for you to throw in the white flag and say, you know what, I'm, I'm done? No. Paul understood, hey, shipwreck, he's worthy. Beatings, he's worthy. Trials, he's worthy. He's worthy. Hey, persecution, He's worthy. He says in verse number 24, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy in the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I encourage you this evening, the Lord never intended for you to limp across the finish line. As you rest in Him, He says, oh, I'll bring you all the way through. Just remain faithful and keep serving.